What? what? Yep. Where is what? it? I just I retweeted it. Say that. Say 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 that. Say that sentence. Say the sentence again. Say that sentence again. Well, One, hold hold on. Let me let me read the the actual article don't, title. Don't, Legend of Zelda live uh, action series reportedly in the works for Netflix. <laughs> Casey's <laughs> Casey's fangirling over oh, here. Oh, they're describing it as the series as Game of Thrones for a family <gasps> audience. Whoa. Okay. I'm sorry. How do you have Game of Thrones for a family audience? I have no idea how that's going to work, but I am interested <laughs> to see how it happens. Wow. <laughs> the Geek Speak Podcast Network proudly presents Scene and Nerd. Viewer discretion is advised. Please make a note of it. Movies, TV, Blu-rays. Well, if you're somehow consuming it on a screen with your eyes, then you'll hear it on Scene and Nerd. Here are the hosts of Scene and Nerd, Pacing Pete and Matt. With a little help from Casey Franco. Bazinga! What's up, guys? Oh, I mean, just Casey. Casey. Yeah, hey, I'm a guy. <laughs> Nothing but, much. But we do have somebody else with us here today. Yes. Someone very special. Um, someone very special who joined us not that long ago. This music is loud. <laughs> well, I, mean, I was going to say that, but I didn't. I didn't know if I was like there's allowed a, to bring it up. Yeah, there's a slider for that exact purpose. Well, I'm watching the timer, and I'm like, this is like one Mississippi, two Mississippi. <laughs> You and your Mississippis, you describe things in a lot of Mississippis. Like, you describe mm-hmm. the amount of time it takes to, to, to find Oliver Queen down the hill, like, a couple weeks ago. That's like a full five Mississippis. <laughs> I think Matt said that. Oh, I remember that man. now. Yeah, that was good. Um, okay, so let's kick things off. Uh, welcome to Scene and Nerd. I'm your host, Pacing Pete. Alongside, uh, as always, is uh, Mr. Casey Franco. Hello. And Matt's not here with us today. Unfortunately, which sucks, because he's, like, the cute one of the group. I know. He's, like, he's like the Liam. He is. he is. You're the Harry, and I'm no one because I hate One Direction. <laughs> oh, but we are joined uh, by someone who was here just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, you heard her here. Um, she is a host of the Geeks Assembly podcast. Uh, Assembly of Geeks podcast. Sorry. Sorry for doing that. And uh, Peggy Carter podcast. She frequents the Flash podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. Please welcome back Miss Amy Marie. Hello. Thank you for coming back, Amy. This is a uh, oh, I'm stoked. Yeah, this is awesome having you back on. Uh, like I, one of the things I was excited about with our second season here mm-hmm. was like hoping to have people on like more frequent. Lots and, of guests. Yeah, lots of guests. Yeah, and, and kicking Matt and myself off a lot more often. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and and uh, and having someone like Amy, like having yourself having uh, on here frequently, like we really like having you on here and and uh, talking all things geeky. It's it's a lot of fun. I have such a good time. I was listening to the podcast the other day, you know, and I, I, I kind of hate listening to myself talk. So I tend not to actually listen to the stuff that I do. Um, it's taken me a very long time to get used to listening to my own voice. Um, but I, I was listening to this the other day and I was just cracking up. And I realized that I love that 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 I, I laugh when we actually record it. And then I can laugh again when we're listening because it's always great if you hear a joke the second time and it's you know just as funny <laughs> as the first time because otherwise you failed as the joke good. person that is a good sign i'm always mistrusting of people who like listening to themselves sometimes i have to do it just for critiques purposes but i'm always <laughs> yeah. scared with the headphones in that someone's yeah. gonna come up and be like hey what are you listening to oh you're listening to you <laughs> all right well <laughs> this friendship is over <laughs> 
But Amy was laughing, so that's me. We're doing something right there. Yes, we did, okay. We did something right in that that podcast. So I was actually listening to it while waiting in line after my midnight shift at In and Out. Okay. I got off at like twelve thirty, and nice. I was waiting in the In and Out drive through, and it literally took like twenty minutes. So it was very far from In and Out. Okay. But the people are like staring at me through the window, and they're like, "This chick is laughing, and there's no one in her car, and what is going on? The radio can't possibly be that funny. It's like slow jams night." <laughs> oh gosh, that's yep. great. Oh, awesome. Well, that's good to hear. All right, so yep. um, so let's kick things off. Matt's not here, so we won't be doing reactions this week. So let's just jump right into things. So um. This past Sunday, everyone knows the Super Bowl played. And, uh, of course, a lot of people, I mean, most of the people that do watch it, besides the fo- to watch the football game, is to watch the commercials. Yes. And there there was quite a bit this past uh, Sunday. And, and I must say, there were I think they were a little bit improved over past years. Um, although they did, I, I will say this, I did feel like they said, they must have sent a memo out to all the advertising agencies and said, you know what? Why don't you just hit on the emotional side yes. this year? Because yes. I want people to cry before they watch football. So I had a tweet, and it was, if you don't follow me on Twitter, it's it's uh, at Via Blast. Not that I'm plugging myself or anything. <laughs> but uh, it's like, I watch football for the exact opposite of wanting to feel feelings. <laughs> and that's all these commercials made me do, is just one feeling after another. It's like that one Clint Eastwood Dodge commercial from either last year or a couple years ago, where yeah. it was like, America, fields of wheat, and buy a Dodge. And it was, Clint Eastwood was in it too. And uh, <laughs> it's like, everyone just saw that and like, yeah, that's, that's a good idea. We'll do that. Or we'll remind everyone that yeah. no one knows both their parents. <laughs> Exactly. So we're going to quickly uh, go around and just talk about our favorite ones. Uh, Amy, did you get a chance to watch the commercials and which one was your favorite? Uh, I'm going to be perfectly honest. So I I worked a shift at the ER all day and it was one of the single craziest shifts I've ever had in my time there. And I, I, okay, I should qualify this. I work for a veterinary emergency room. Mm -hmm. So I work with cats and dogs, but their people can be a little bit psychotic. But anyway, it was a really crazy, crazy, busy shift. I got off at five Pacific Standard Time. So the game was already going. I got home and passed out. So I did not watch the Super Bowl. And I only watched three commercials. One was the Jurassic Park spot because, okay, okay, good. hello, it's Jurassic Park. So yes. I had to watch it. Yeah. Uh, the second was the Budweiser one, which I watched ahead mm-hmm. of time, which, of course, made me cry which, because that's what oh, Budweiser does. The cry one. Okay. Gotcha. Got it. I know. I know which one. I know exactly which one you're talking about. The the, the little Labrador puppy who was lost in the Clydesdales yep. find him. And you're like, oh, feelings. Um, and then the next day at work, my boss showed me that that one um where the kid's like i want to grow up and be all fantastic and i want to follow my dreams and fly on unicorns and change the world (laughs) but i can't because i died (laughs) and i was like excuse me what i'm like you could have done this so much better yeah like they, oh, that was horrible it was the worst. i mean i can get the message <laughs> but why didn't they start it with like let your be sure to let your child grow up and experience or i want to grow up and did it i want to grow up to do it so be sure to provide me with i don't know health insurance what was this commercial about yeah you know, i just remember that the child died and he could never right. grow up to fly on unicorns uh, yeah, actually, that's really funny that you bring that one up because uh, we a, a former guest, actually, uh, Denny Carter, he was on our podcast back in October. He tweeted right after that commercial, Nationwide, give us your money or your kids will die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I thought that was hilarious because that perfectly summed up exactly what you just said, too, Amy. That just summed up that commercial. 
It's horrible. Why would you do that? I'm just terrified of all my appliances now. I'm like, everything in my house can kill children. This is bad. I have to move. Right. So, so uh, it's safe to say that wasn't your favorite commercial, right? Uh, no. Of the three commercials that I watched, that was not. Uh, the Jurassic Park one was pro- probably one just for the, like, six seconds of Chris Pratt training the Raptor squad. Mm. He's like, eyes on yeah. me. And I was like, this is so cool. This is so cool. Uh, but then, of course, you got the Budweiser one and the puppies and the horses. And, I mean, you just puppies and horses. All right, cool, cool, excellent. <laughs> so that is my advanced scientific breakdown <laughs> of my favorite Super Bowl commercial. There's no science in football, don't worry. All right, uh, Casey, what you? What was yours? My absolute favorite was the insurance commercial, and I tweeted at insurance once again. Plug uh, via blast on Twitter. Uh, I mean, not a plug. Uh, so I tweeted at insurance, and they tweeted me back. I was like, "Well done, social media guy." Uh, awesome, awesome. But that insurance one, I saw, I saw Brian Cranston come up from the counter. I was like, "That was ah! good." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like threw I like just threw my cups and plates to the ground. I flipped over a pizza box. And I was like, "It's breaking bad. He's alive. Heisenberg Heisenberg lives. Heisenberg." And then uh yeah, and then it was over and then I got sad again. Yeah. That was oh, well. but it was easily easily my favorite. Okay, cool. And I'm very excited for Better Call Saul. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Yep. It's this Sunday. I'm excited too. Are you going to be checking that out, Amy? I actually have not watched Breaking Bad. <gasps> Holy I know. Holy I know. You know what though? It's kind Did of like, you say that it's coming back on Sunday, Pete? <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, after it's, Walking it's Dead. Ca- <gasps> Sorry, really? what, Amy? Well, no, it's um, it's one of those shows, kind of like Orange is the New Black, which I started watching, uh, and okay. I get why everybody loves it. I get, I mean, it's extraordinary storytelling, great acting, and everything, but it's a world that I don't want to know any more about. Oh, I am not interested okay. in okay. the source material, and it's kind of the same thing with Breaking Bad. I'm sure that it's great and I've, you know, seen snippets and I know that everybody loves it and my mom will not shut up about it like literally every week. It's, hey, Amy, what are you doing with your life? Also, have you watched Breaking Bad yet? Are you making meth? Why aren't you making meth, Amy? Your cousin makes meth. You know what? This actually, and I'm sorry, I get off topic so easily, but this reminds me of that time my grandma told me I needed to be a dealer. What? So we're at like Christmas dinner and she goes, Amy, I need to tell you that the thing that all the college girls are doing nowadays to make money is to become a dealer. dealer. And I'm looking at my mom and I'm, my, my mom and I'm going, oh my god, what's going on here? She says, no, all the college girls do it. I mean, there's a couple grandkids of my friends in my reading club. What? Wow. And I'm sitting there going, oh my god. And then she's like, my grandma looks at me. She goes, yeah, there's a casino right down the road. Oh, and I'm going, all right. Oh, you mean like blackjack dealers? I was pretty sure. Oh my god! For a second there, I thought your grandma broke bad. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that that is comedy gold right there. That's hilarious. And she's like this sweet little old grandma, and she's telling me to deal drugs, and I'm going, grandma. (laughs) She had the best intentions in mind. Worded a little differently, but that was funny. That was funny. Um, Great story. Great story there, Amy. uh, so I'll just wrap, wrap things up. My favorite commercials were the Snickers commercial where you had um, Danny Trejo uh, oh. acting like Jan- uh, Marsha Brady. <laughs> right. And then she ate the Snickers and then it goes to Steve Buscemi who's yep. going, Marsha, Marsha, Mar-. and she <laughs> obviously she's Jen. I thought that was hilarious. And then I, I did oh, enjoy great. the uh, Mindy Colleen commercial where she was, um, she thought she was 
invisible mm. and she went up to Matt Damon and tried to kiss him and he was like what the hell are you doing and it was just like so <laughs> that was just so well done I really enjoyed it so those are my favorite commercials mm. if you want to check them out on YouTube go check them out the Snickers commercial and I believe it was um, uh, the insurance one not was I think it was Nationwide not, no, 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 it wasn't Nationwide. No, it definitely was not. I can tell you for Maybe sure it was, was not Nationwide. Now I'm completely <laughs> getting mixed up. But just Google the Mindy Colleen Super Bowl commercial because it's. I thought it was pretty damn funny. Yeah. I think she's hilarious too. So. She is very funny. Um, all right, so those are our favorite Super Bowl commercials. Uh, let's just kick things off with the new movies coming out this week. Uh, first up, Jupiter, Jupiter Ascending. That's with Channing Tatum, Mila Kunis, and Eddie Redmayne. That's uh, sitting at 38%. Uh, that might be okay. Might be all right. Yeah, might be I okay. have heard completely opposite i've heard that it's absolutely horrific all right well that probably won't be okay well, you know here's the thing Which I'm about. Be i i heard that you know what I, this probably wasn't the best idea they debuted it at uh cans i think at sundance at sundance thank you and yeah i'm like why do you debut it there like everyone is here to see like the indie movies yeah. like all the, the completely opposite of what jupiter ascending is mm-hmm. and i heard that or I, I read on twitter like people were walking out and i'm just mm-hmm. like that's the worst place to debut this movie because it's yeah. going to get all kinds of bad traction and of course it's going to trickle down to the mainstream and everyone's going to hate it and so of course it's sitting at a 38 percent right now and i think a lot of it is preconceived <laughs> notions i mean probably people haven't even watched it yet so i don't know it might be good it might be horrific like amy said you never know. I just, I just want to. I, I hope it's good because I, I love in those few bits we've heard of Eddie Redman. Eddie Redmayne's like evil villain voice yeah. sounds super cool to me, and so I just want to see it just to hear his voice. But I don't know if that's a justifiable reason <laughs> to spend twelve bucks. Yeah, if, if if there was a if there was a guaranteed Batman vs Superman trailer attached to it, I probably would spend the twelve dollars to go watch it. Definitely yeah. true. They should have debated it at uh, like the Portland Comic Con, which was about the same time as Sundance. Yeah, that surprised me. Like yeah. Wizard Con, that would have been so much better. I totally agree. So uh, second up, Seventh Son. That actually has no Rotten Tomato score. It looks at the like just generic sorcerer, young boy discovers hidden potential power movie. Like it, it's. Do you it know it's based on a book? It looks bad. Uh, no, I did not. But it's like that makes sense. Most movies. Sorcerer's are Apprentice or something. Yeah. Or- oh. Only without Nick Cage, the <laughs> arguable best part of that movie. <laughs> it's like it's like the the the, the Assassin's Apprentice, I think. Okay. Which is right. weird because I'm like, why would you make a movie based off a book but not call it the name of the book? Yeah, it's a good point. So. I don't know. Okay, interesting. So we'll see how that goes. Turns out, like mm. I said, there's no Rotten Tomato score, so we don't even critics haven't even had a chance to watch it till it came out today. So, uh, and then rounding out the movies coming out this weekend, SpongeBob movie is at eighty percent, getting surprisingly well, like good reviews. Yeah, it yeah. is. Uh, they actually had a pretty funny movie poster that they just released lately. That was a, it was a Fifty Shades of Grey spoof. It was oh, like Mister oh Mister Gray. Gosh. I don't know what the fuck his name is. Mister uh-huh. Gray in front of like the big pane window, but it was SpongeBob silhouette. Oh my! God. Looking out <laughs> of the skyscraper window. Uh, oh. oh my god, that's brilliant! Well done, marketing team. Well right. done. Oh my gosh. All right, so those movies coming out uh, in theaters on Blu-ray this week. We got John Wick. I really want to check that. Actually, they got a lot Very of good, good reviews. I've got a little tidbit about that in the next segment. So okay, cool, awesome. That. So that's uh, a at eighty-three percent on Tomato Meter. Dracula Untold. Uh, that's at twenty-two percent. That's with um, our boy Dominic Cooper, who is Mr. Tony Stark. I mean, um, I'm sorry, Howard Stark. <laughs> My boy. Uh, in the Marvel Universe. Um, so that's uh, that didn't do unfortunately too well. Um, there's uh, a Ouija coming out at 7%, and I wanted to end with, um, there's like uh, there's another romantic movie coming out. I can't remember what it was called, but it was a little bit more mainstream. I think it was written, it was a Nicholas Sparks book. I didn't include it because it got like such a poor rating. Mm-hmm. I wanted to include this one instead, and that's called The Disappearance of Eleanor Rigby. 
And oh. that's with Jessica Chastain and James McAvoy. I caught the trailer. I actually watched it a few times. And you guys should check it out. It, it, it gives me a, a very 500 Days of Summer type of feeling. Mm-hmm. And if you guys really, if you guys like that movie, I think you guys, um, you'll like the trailer. Uh, I want to really want to check it out. Um, it, it apparently got like a, ro- a lot of good reviews. Um, Jessica Chastain was really praised for it. Uh, her performance, uh, so so definitely uh, check that one out. I definitely will be. So. Eleanor Rigby, she's that uh, she's that chick from that Beatles song, right? Is that is that? <laughs> I don't know. No, she definitely has something. She has her own musical career, I think. But uh, <laughs> no, the the Beatles sang about her. Anyway, okay, uh, she's probably not even a musician. I have no idea who <laughs> Eleanor Rigby is. Nice one. Nice. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Credibility ruined. Yep. Well, I mean, biography is not my segment. My segment is entertainment news. <laughs> that is. And uh, those are the movies out this week. And let's get into Casey's segment. Go ahead, Casey. Hey! All right. So Paris Hilton's brother, Conrad Hilton, was allegedly, uh, well, being a, being a little bitch in a flight. Uh, he threw a tantrum, annoyed a lot of passengers, uh, called the passengers peasants, uh, made a lot of kids cry. Uh, this is according to the FBI. Wow. So <laughs> the FBI. So this guy <laughs> fucked up. This guy fucked up almost as much as you can, kind of without. Wow. Eventually ending up in jail, but uh, uh the Hiltons always a spectacle. <laughs> they are. So uh, getting back to like a purist entertainment news segment. Okay. Uh, yeah. Justin Timberlake and Jessica Biel <laughs> uh, are officially pregnant. Oh. Golf clap. Pregnancy clap. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, so Netflix has raised 1.5 billion uh, to invest in big content acquisitions. Wow. And more. So Netflix is sitting on a large lump sum of cash. I'm not hope, surprised. Hopefully they just buy uh, everything. You know, they could really realistically like go to like the big picture and say, hey, instead of like you know. You could you could release your movie in theaters and you can put it out on Netflix yeah. and you'll still be profitable. Well, hopefully they invest in not just like a licensing thing with movies and things like that. If they invest in some kind of like business acquisition, mm-hmm. some kind of like not Comcast, it would be my wet dream if Netflix <laughs> bought Comcast, but that's highly unlikely. <laughs> uh, but something along those lines, some kind of tangible non-internet based movie yeah. outlet or okay. entertainment outlet that would be amazing although a like a blockbuster style netflix store would probably end poorly <laughs> yeah it would <laughs> all right well moving on from that uh uh the john wick directors getting back to what you said have already announced that they are working on a sequel awesome and that there will definitely be a second john wick which is great because i've heard that it's one of the best uh action movies of like recent years really yeah Wow, Keanu just knows how to get those movies at the the right time. You know, mm-hmm. The Matrix, this. I really want to check it out though. I know, God, it was one of those under. I think it was underrated because like you had, um, like at the time you had like The Hobbit coming out, you mm-hmm. had Hunger Games, so it kind of like got you know pushed back a little because all those other big studio picture uh, pieces were pretty much put more at the fro- forefront. But yeah. I really want to check it out. I've heard nothing but good things about it. Have you have you heard about that, Amy? Or did you get a chance to, chance to watch it at all? Which movie? Or John, John Wick. Wick. No. Jinx. Did you? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> he said jinx because you guys said it at the same time. Uh, uh, I didn't hear him because I was saying No, because you and I, I said it at the same time. You know what? It doesn't, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't uh, matter. No, I have not. Okay. Uh, okay. Speaking of sequels that are cool as balls, uh, Mel Brooks confirmed on a podcast that he wants to work on Spaceballs 2, The Search for More Money. 
and he will ask <laughs> <laughs> and he will ask Rick Moranis to come and reprise oh, his role. Oh man. I would be all over that. Although I must say, I'm still waiting of his, for History of the World Part Two. Right? Did you do, do you Nazis ever see that, in space? No. Oh my gosh! That, that they leave you with like the biggest cliffhanger, and then they never did like a sequel. <laughs> and it's it's really funny. It's it's hilarious. It's definitely one of his best uh, movies he's he's directed. I would love to do Spaceballs too because oh. it's literally. I don't know. I I don't I don't really drink much at all. Um, <laughs> That's okay. a shame. But. <laughs> If you if you if you need a movie to watch with a whole bunch of friends when you are having a couple rub and cokes, Spaceball <laughs> is it because it becomes infinitely more funny. You're like, it's <laughs> a wookie. <laughs> ah, look at the size of those combs. That's not what that yeah. word means. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Damn, they're combing the desert. <laughs> <laughs> desert combing. Uh, this is a big comb. And all your friends are like, I oh, know. Yeah, really entertaining. I love how you know what my friends sound like. That was a stellar impression, actually. Uh, let's see. So ABC's new comedy, uh, Fresh Off the Boat, which, side note, features one of, like, uh, I think one of the only three... It's like one of the three sitcoms to ever feature, like, uh, an Asian family as the main cast. Yeah. Um, but they've gathered... Uh, 7.9 million viewers uh, amid mixed expectations. So no one really oh. knew how this show was going to do. It did very well. That's pretty good. It, well, it does help that they have the lead in his modern family. I'm sure that helps. I'm not saying that's a, a that you know is the reason, but uh-huh. um, but it, actually I caught a little bit of it and I thought it was kind of funny. Fresh off the boat? Yeah, I caught a little bit of it and I thought it was kind of funny. So we'll see how that goes. Okay. I, I just love it. They they have Asian Jim in there. As a <laughs> shout out to you, Office fans. <laughs> That's right. I always wonder with these kind of shows. I mean, it's kind of scary whether people are going to be same with like Blackish. Whether right, people yeah, are yeah. going to be okay with the you know cultural stereotype playing fun at. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you like how articulate I was in those words? <laughs> I follow. I follow. <laughs> but I always wonder if people who are watching are going to be like, "This is horrible. How could they? How could they put this on television?" Or if people watch and go, "Huh, oh, that's kind of funny. I like the stereotype part. I like playing that up." Or like, uh, what was that? Outsourced. Oh a yeah, years right, ago, yeah, which was yeah, hysterical. It was. It was funny. It was. But very, these very shows funny. that that live off uh, stereotypes, I always wonder how well they're going to be received. And so I'm glad that it's apparently really, really funny. Yeah, yeah. it's it's doing well. Well, these these tongue-in-cheek kind of like we know that what we're saying or that even the name of the show alone is a little bit like like Mm -hmm. whoa really you called the show that yeah but uh they they definitely meant to do it for that exact reaction okay it's gotten to the point where they feel as though they can make fun of it which means that they're very comfortable with it which means it's going to be a lot easier to get a following for got it okay there you go awesome uh let's see so speaking of asian culture Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the stars of Power Rangers Samurai oh. uh, was arrested for stabbing his roommate to death yeah. with a sword. Uh, kids, <laughs> if you ever grow up to get a part on a show where you play a ninja, please keep in mind that this does not mean in real life you are a ninja whatsoever. Yeah, do not try this at home. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Who? Why? Why? Like, what? I don't know. That's That was just a bizarre story. I, I remember hearing that when that came out. I was like, whoa. 
I mean, like this is the original one. No, no. Um, this no, is, what was it? Uh, Power Rangers Samurai. Yeah, I don't know which one that one was. I I wish Matt was here because he he's a huge Power Ranger fan. Well, he was. So this isn't the currently running one, is it? Mm, I don't think so. Uh, okay, good because I interviewed those people and they were totally normal. <laughs> <laughs> the guy's name is Ricardo Medea uh, Jr. He got his break in Hollywood as the red as the Red Ranger on Power Rangers Wild Force back in two thousand and two. Okay, so it's not the currently running people. No, and then he went on to play some guy named Decker on Power Rangers Samurai, which is where he uh, must have found a love for samurai swords, uh, which proved to be horrible for people who enjoy life. A fatal attraction to samurai <laughs> swords. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, with that, that's going to do it for my uh, entertainment whatever. Awesome. Thanks, Case. You're welcome. That was good. It was not-ish. Yeah, I've had better. I'm completely lost. Do you remember if it was number six? <laughs> it's, uh, what, the break? Yeah. Well, isn't there a list? There should be a list of assets. You know what they say about it. Oh, what happened? I think we lost Amy. Did we lose Amy? And everything goes to shit. <laughs> and everything immediately goes to shit. It's fine. We can bounce back. We've bounced back from worse. There's the time we were all in Nam. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> we were never in Nam, guys. No, we were not. <laughs> oh, oh, here it is. He moved it. Oh, all right. See, okay. it's Henry's fault. All right. So should we get Amy back first? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what's, the, what's the timestamp on this? Uh, uh, nah, man. We just got to push all these buttons and we'll find the right number. Oh, we hung up on her. Did I do that? Yes. I'm so sorry. Well, I'm assuming. I don't know. It wasn't me. No, I didn't do anything. Blame the internet. <laughs> Oh my gosh, 25, uh, just put 25, 25 40. Straight up. Yeah. I just okay. had this hysterical vision of you trying to find all the right buttons for the for the, for the the TV music intro. And oh crap, man. What's this big red one that says end? Yeah, we'll try that. I just, I, you know what? I accidentally hit a CD and I think it hit a button and I think that had to be what it was because I didn't hit anything else. Yeah. It's uh, kind of like those movies where it's like that you see, you know, like the space ball status and there's a whole control board and it says big red button, don't push this. And they're like, I wonder what happens if exactly. you push this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're man. fucking up at ludicrous speed <laughs> exactly. all right okay let's get started with the tv talk section here we go uh, uh, uh well turn turn oh, the, you know turn the cd channel up it's sliders everyone this is why of, we need the credibility of amy here because we're right. just amateurs here yeah all right. Do you know how much I know about audio stuff? None. <laughs> Nothing. Oh my gosh, for, this for, is just a calamity of errors today. Right. A calamity of you mean a what is it? a comedy of errors? Comedy, comedy errors. Of errors. <laughs> comedy of errors. Yes. That was you. that an error? <laughs> that was. Oh my god. All right. All right. You ready? For, for realsies. This for time. realsies now. For realsies. Okay. In, sit back, listen. The boys will catch you up on what's happening on TV. Uh, Warning: there might be spoilers. Nah, hold on, let's do that again. Yeah, <laughs> click, click it off. Click it back on. Okay, hold All on. Right. Okay, for realsies, for realsies, realsies this, this time. time. For realsies, realsies this time. Realsies take two. Put the remote down. Put the earbuds in. Sit back, listen. The boys will catch you up on what's happening on TV. Warning: there might be spoilers ahead. TV talk on Cine Nerd. And, <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> For real, we're back. For real, we're back. We've never been more back. Yeah, no kidding. All right, the boys so, and girl uh, are here. Yes, we are. 
to fulfill your TV recapping pleasure. <laughs> All right. So, um, okay, we're going to kick things off talking about Agent Carter this week, which yeah. I really enjoyed. Um, Amy, kick us off on what you like and what you didn't like this week. So this week, Agent Carter uh, was all about the return of the Howling Commandos, which, of course, was fantastic to see. Uh, I do the Peggy Carter podcast with two of my friends, and we talked about how this week it felt more like a movie. Like, this felt canon Captain America, like Captain America the sequel. Mm -hmm. Back in Russia, back with the Howling Commandos. Agent Carter is in her element. She is in her element as a field agent. She's in her element as an equal. She gets back into the field with the Howling Commandos and immediately they start treating her in the way that she's been wanted to be treated by the SSR since she's been working for them. If for her, it's this nostalgic trip back to being completely and fully appreciated. And we get that with that one line where, where, um, I don't remember who it is, but he says, well, what would Captain America do? Mm-hmm. And they're like, Captain America would say, do what Peggy says. <laughs> I really, Which, yeah, I enjoyed that. I totally agree with yeah. you on that. But it, I, I love the episode. I thought it was great. Um, I love the entire writing of it. I loved the creepy black widow backstory. Yeah. That was Which, creepy. <laughs> so I've got to ask you guys, we've been having a bit of a, uh, of a debate on the podcast and we usually all agree on our theories. Like we've all agreed from <laughs> actually since before the show aired, we're like, yeah, Dottie's going to be evil. Mm-hmm. So we, we've all agreed on that, but this is actually the first topic where we're not, we don't agree. Okay. Um, what are your theories on the little girl? We kind of have the theory that one of, you know, I think that she was left behind because she wasn't skilled enough and that the rest of the little black widow girl, demon spawn children <laughs> were taken by Leviathan. But then Lauren thinks that the girl was just too young, but yeah, okay. What are your theories on the little creepy girl? I, I don't know. I, I, I tend to agree with you. I think she was just left behind. Um, maybe she wasn't as strong as everyone else. And But, I mean, then again, she still kind of kicked butt even when she when, <laughs> right? when she's back in the corner. I mean, yeah. she, st- she stabbed um, – can I say dum-dum? Bowler hat yeah. guy? Yeah. <laughs> cool uh, mustache guy? <laughs> uh, no, she stabbed him, and then she shot – no, who did she shot? She, she shot, shot the Yeti kid. She yeah. shot, yes. And, and so, I mean, I didn't really see her as like – weak in that sense but at the same time maybe there's just a standard of the black widow program that that they have and she didn't meet it i mean the very beginning when they had the flashback um which i'm assuming that was Dottie. um i think that's the the general consensus okay and so when she snaps the neck i was like oh wow that's like hardcore like maybe (laughs) maybe she just wasn't that fit and when it was discovered that they were being infiltrated she she was left behind to Mm -hmm. you know maybe guard or they were like you know just like okay you can you can stand your ground but you can't be. But you're not strong enough to go with the rest of us. You know, maybe it's something like that. I don't know. What do you think? Ace? Okay. Well, I mean, I, I don't think that that little girl is going to be a recurring character at yeah. all. I, I think that that was just something that they put one-time in. Thing. I think they put it in as a one-time thing, just to kind of show that. All right, they showed at the beginning this flashback where Dottie was being trained as a as a sleeper agent or a or a, in the Black Widow program. I'm not familiar with it. I'm not a comic book guy. <laughs> but and then they added this part in where uh this current little girl uh kills and stabs just to show that all right, this program is still definitely very much going on and is still strong. Okay. So whether or not the girl got left behind on purpose or maybe she wasn't up to snuff or maybe she got I don't know, left okay. behind in the chaos of whatever happened in that place. Uh I don't think that we'll be seeing any more of her. So, yours, so your, your theory is just more of 
they wanted to make sure that everyone I think knew was, the program was still around. Yeah, I think it was just a writing technique to just basically okay. show the viewer that this that they're probably going to have to deal with more kids like this and they shouldn't trust little kids inherently. <laughs> <laughs> Which is good life advice. Little kids can oftentimes be sons of bitches. <laughs> and daughters of bitches. I don't, I don't discriminate. <laughs> oh, very true. That's awesome. Uh, so... Um, did you guys enjoy the, the everyone coming back together? I mean, I thought it was great. Like, especially, you know, you were talking about, Amy, um, you know, how they – she fit right back in. Yeah. And, and you really saw that dynamic that carried over from Captain America. And mm-hmm. I thought it was great for her – her coworkers, you know, if you want to call them that, uh-huh. to see that because they her treat her, they treat her so bad yeah. in, in the office, and they're so they're so they look so down on her. Mm. So that was great that she's sitting there, she's drinking with the guys, yep. and she's just like she brought the bourbon exactly. She brought you the know, bourbon, and, and and they totally trust her to lead, and and they don't do that at all at the at the SSR, not at all. Like they, she's the last one they're going to go to if they have to, mm. and I really I really really enjoyed that. That dynamic to watch that. Yeah. It was kind of interesting getting, uh, I think it was Dooley, the main head guy at the SSR, to get his opinion where he was talking to Peggy. He's like, look, Peggy, here's the reality. Mm-hmm. I send you out there. You get killed. I get in trouble for putting a woman in the field and letting yeah. a woman get killed. You go out there and you get my men killed. I get in trouble for putting them in the leader of in the leadership of a woman. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he's like, think about it from my perspective. And it's interesting to hear that because I was sitting there going, oh, he's got a point. Yeah, it's it's what is it? Would you say that's like a catch twenty two? Yeah, it's a sign of the times. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's. But I love how he's like, look, you can get the one oh seventh, you can go, and she's like, brb, got to make a phone call. Yeah. She comes back. She's like, yeah, I got them. That what? is a good. That is a good point to say about like status quo and things like that. Why it was so hard at the time to get away from this mindset of women are not equals because it it was hard for it was hard to put a woman in a leading position because well, what if you mess up and my boss gets mad at me or what if what mm-hmm. will my friends think? Mm-hmm. What will the public think? Yeah, exactly. But, but then Peggy Carter saves his ass. And, <laughs> and he's like, oh, women are people too. All right. <laughs> Fucking idiots. <laughs> yeah. I don't like that guy very much. Are you talking, are you talking about Dooley or Thompson? Uh, who is the guy? Thompson's who, the blonde. Who is he the guy who cowers in the corner? That's Thompson. Yeah, Thompson. Thompson. Yeah. I'm thinking about Thompson. Dooley is the guy with the crutch. No, no, that's Sousa. No, that's Sousa. Sousa. Ah, so many names. Who's the, who's the boss boss, the short, balding one. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, now it makes sense. Thompson yeah, is the son of, of a bitch. <laughs> Julie's yeah. pretty cool. <laughs> but what did you guys think about Peggy's response to Thompson's predicament? When she, she looks at him and she says, it's okay, people freeze up. She didn't say, ha, is that I'm what? better than you. I stuck it out in our battle and I saved the day. She says, you know what? It happens. We have to move on. And I loved that. I love that that was her reaction. It just shows how powerful and how comfortable she is with who she is because she knows that she's been in an emotionally difficult position before. And now she's having to watch someone else be in an emotionally difficult position. And she can be that support that she has not received to date. Yeah. So you're talking about when they were having the conversation also where is he, he was kind of reminiscing about how he is portrayed in one way, but he's really not that way because of what happened. Like he's kind of going into his past a little bit. Yeah. That part. And then the part where they're, you know, like fighting and, and, you know, the bullets are being shot at and Thompson just freezes and she shows, she goes and she grabs him and she's like, it's okay. Everybody freezes, but we got to go. Yeah. No, I really enjoyed that too. And I I think it it, it puts her, it doesn't put, I don't think in his mind, it still puts her on that level yet, but it kind of pushes it in that direction because he totally froze up and he's just, you know, 
Oh my God, I didn't know. Maybe he didn't know Peggy was capable of these things. Maybe he had to actually see them in action to finally go to say, like, think in his head, okay, maybe she can be an asset. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe it's not a bad thing bringing her on these missions. You know, <laughs> what? <laughs> Nothing. Just, I just, it just doesn't make any sense to me, I guess. It's being, just the times. I guess. I mean, it's, it's good writing if it makes me feel the way that I do, but it's just like, no, you can't be in charge. You have boobs. <laughs> Like, it doesn't make any sense. I don't know. Whatever. That's why it was so great to see her back there with the Howling Commandos. Because the second that she got there, they're like, all right, Pegs, what are we doing? Yeah, Yeah. she she seemed like she was a fish in water back to it. And she had all all the techniques. She knew what was on. She kept her head even when the the little girl started going all assassin on everyone. Yeah. She she really did keep everyone together. Like, Mm -hmm. she was like the glue in that whole... That whole uh, in, infiltration. She was the one that all, they all looked to. Yeah. Because even once once it went to shit, the, the guys, the commandos looked to Peggy. And then from there, the guy she came with all looked to Peggy. It all became Peggy-led. And I thought I really, really liked that. Right. Um, so, you, oh, go ahead. No, no, no. no. Please. <laughs> you go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just wanted to go back to the conversation that Peggy and Topsy were having in the plane on the ride back. I, you know what, and the, here's where I kind of started to like Thompson a little bit. Maybe I'm being fooled by the writers, okay. but I thought it was, I thought it was very good on their part to show vulnerability with him because he hasn't, we haven't really seen that at all. Like he's been very headstrong mm-hmm. and 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 very like, you know, I'm the I'm the big man, I'm the big boss. Big boss. Even when, um, oh, what was the name the name of their big boss, Amy? The which big boss? Uh, the SSR. Dooley. Dooley. Even when he went went off. To, to Germ- Germany, right? In the last episode? Uh, Russia. Russia, okay. He went to Russia. To Russia. So even when he left and he left Thompson in charge, like, there was, like, mm-hmm. there was no, like, break on this guy. Like, he's supposed to show, like, I'm, like, this, you know, I have ice in my veins. Nothing can affect me. So I thought I really, really enjoyed Chad Michael Murray's performance in that scene because it showed a different side of Thompson that we have not seen at all. Right. And we've seen, there's, there's been quite a few episodes now. And they're, they're just bringing that out now. And maybe it, it, it's uh, we're going to see kind of a turn of him showing a little bit more towards, you know, Peggy being included in things. Or maybe mm-hmm. uh, on the same level when they're in, in the conference room. I mean, you saw it at the end when he said, hey, Peggy, you know, Peg, come get a drink, uh, you know. Come get a drink with us. You know, she he offered. And, and you've right. never seen that before. Yeah. They just took off. And, and Peggy was sitting back at her desk working. Uh, I don't know. What, what do you think, Amy? Well, I, I think that that would be a distinct possibility if we – have you guys seen the promo for next week? I have I'm not. I'm trying to remember. I don't remember. Basically, I think it would be a possibility if Sousa wasn't on her trail. Oh, yes. But Sousa is, has figured out mm-hmm. who she is. Another uh, very good point. That, yeah, and he brings it up. Um, if you look in the promo, they're chasing after Peggy. They yeah, right. have clarified classified her as a fugitive so i think that all the work that she's done and all the work that episode five the howling commandos app all that this episode did it's going to crash down when they realize that she has been working for howard stark and of course there's so much more to it than than they know but they they're gonna they're gonna have to really figure things out she's gonna have to defend herself pretty impressively to get them to trust her again that's a good point. I forgot about that. Yeah, I do remember that trailer because it really, uh, instead of like, you know, Howard Stark's public enemy you know, number one, it almost seems like she becomes public enemy number one. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to see like how that all comes about because obviously we know Sousa, um is has discovered all this information. So uh, how he goes about it, because of the fact that he was the only one, on it, it seemed to be on her side throughout this whole thing mm-hmm. and how he's got to change and become like, okay, so Peggy's not who we think she is. Yep. Uh, that's going to be really interesting to watch. Um 
that I'm, I'm excited to see how that comes about because obviously the whole episode is going to be her running uh, mm-hmm. from this whole thing. And, um, and something else I wanted to get into Dottie in the background. Um, what are your theories on who she is, uh, Amy? I tend to think, Oh gosh, let me, what did I, I had a whole theory. Um, Oh, here it is. Okay. It took me a second to remember. So I think that she is a black widow, obviously part of the program who is now working for Leviathan. I'm of the opinion that the entire black widow organization has now been taken over by Leviathan. Um, so I have a theory that they've been missing from that complex for a very long time Mm -hmm. and that they've all been recruited to work from, for Leviathan. But I think that Peggy is going, whoops. I think that Dottie is currently undercover with the intention of taking, what's the word? I cannot remember the word. Words, uh, <laughs> shoot. Hold on, I got a dictionary. We'll just go one more. <laughs> <laughs> well, my, my theory is, is that she's actually planning to become Peggy Carter. I think <clears throat> that she is going to somehow get Peggy out of the picture and pretend to be Peggy Carter and like get her hair, get her persona, um, and somehow infiltrate the SSR to get whatever she's after, which I tend to think is Captain America's blood. So what's the word I'm looking for? Uh... <laughs> this happened in the Peggy Carter podcast. And <laughs> I could not, I can't remember the word. It's the word where someone goes undercover and she takes her, she steals her identity, I guess. Not spy, right? Not double agent. Double? No. no I don't know. I just basically being a first agent. Yeah, my uh, theory is that Dottie is basically going to steal Peggy's identity, and oh. that's kind of where that little mirror moment where she's sitting there, she's like, "I'm Peggy Carter," <laughs> and she looked into the mirror. I think that that Dottie is going to basically assume the identity of Peggy Carter, right? Yeah, for even just a couple minutes to sneak into the SSR. And steal Captain America's blood for Leviathan and run away. The word you're so looking kind of theory. The word you're looking for is asshole. She's an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> Don't steal identities. <laughs> this is a serious crime. But that's that's my oh, theory. Man. That's that's my dotty theory is that she is ultimately going to try to get into the SSR and the way she's gonna do that is by impersonating. That's the word. <laughs> there it is. There we go. An impersonator. It comes back around. It comes back around. Yeah. One who so personates. I kind of want to see like Dottie dressed up as Peggy and Peggy just kind of staring <laughs> at each other and then start fighting. Uh-huh. That'd be kind of cool. Like that Peggy, would be cool. Peggy. I like that. So that's my theory. Is she trying to get her scent as well? Because she was like smelling all of Peggy's stuff. And I'm like, uh, well, she's got to put I on her perfume. I find this as attractive as I do. That's <laughs> uh, probably something wrong with me. Now I feel weird. <laughs> no, that was a great theory. That was a very good theory, Amy. Um, no, I, that was that's probably the most plausible thing I've heard uh, yeah, so far. Uh, I totally agree. And I, I mean, I, I agree. I definitely agree. I, uh, you, your theory definitely goes beyond mine, um, and it's a solid one. I think so. Um, let's I'm see. glad that I was able to articulate it without, in fact, being able to articulate it. <laughs> Oh yes, that's why you're on here, Amy. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so um, all right, so moving on to a uh, couple more shows, um, and I just want to say something real quick. So I'm okay. gonna make a quick analogy. Are you proposing? No. Uh, <laughs> I want to make oh, a quick. Don't anal- get my hopes up like that, Pete. <laughs> I want to make. I want to just. I want to say this real quick. So, you know, I'm gonna make a quick analogy. Um, try to hang with me on this one, okay? All right. In in football, you've lost me. <laughs> <laughs> 
God. I just scored it. I don't know if you could hear it. That was the best response ever, Casey. Um, so in football, at the end of the week, when players you know do well, there, there's two or three of them that are acknowledged for their mm-hmm. work, what they did. Um, <clears throat> I want to just quickly say, I want to nominate like John Barrowman, John and uh, John Wesley Ship. Did I say that right? John Barrowman, Wesley Snipes, Snipes. No, no, no. Um, uh, no, John Barrowman. Yeah. John Barrowman and Malcolm um, Merlin. Malcolm Merlin and um, who plays the dad on the Flash? Um, John Wesley. John Wesley Ship, right? Snipes, Snips, Snip, Snip, Sniper, Snip, Snip, uh, Snickers. Ship. Andy's shaking his head right now. John uh, Wesley. No, it's Ship. John West. I think it's John Wesley Snips. Snip, Snick, something like that. Jo- okay. J W S. Getting to my point. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> after we spend five minutes trying to pronounce the name i just like want to nominate these guys as like the best actors this week i think on arrow and flash i loved everything we'll get to the flash in a second but john barrowman was awesome yes in this role uh in his not just his roles as you know malcolm merlin but to see the flashbacks i really really liked that i i really uh thought it added depth to his character mm-hmm. um you know they've been kind of they've we know who he is we know why he well we we don't know why we didn't know necessarily why who he became you know mm-hmm. uh and i thought this was a great way of telling the story of how he became you know an elite who went to the league of assassins yeah, it, and, and and why he's you know a bad guy pretty much right it painted him as just a normal dude who one day was like i'm gonna train to be an assassin in the mountains yeah and it, then he does it'd be like if you know if if daddy wayne survived and mama wayne was dead and it'd maybe be the same thing maybe. who knows yeah. who knows um, I'm not sure that was the best analogy, but that's the best thing I could think of. Uh, what do you want to say, Casey? I have a, I have a question. I ro- I rose my hand just now, uh, <laughs> just so that the listeners know. Um, yeah, I heard that. <laughs> <laughs> so explain Malcolm Merlin's relation to uh John or uh, to Oliver to me because he's Thea's father, but Thea is also Oliver's sister. But Malcolm Merlin is not Oliver's dad. So, okay. okay, and so I haven't been watching I'll Arrow you, since the beginning, so this, this has one, Amy. confused me to to a very large extent. All right, welcome to the history of Thea Queen 101. Got my notebook. So, <laughs> Oliver Queen has a mommy and a daddy. Okay, his daddy is now dead. His mommy was Moira Queen. While Moira Queen and his daddy were still married, okay, Moira Queen went off and had a one night stand with Malcolm Merlin, and had Thea Queen. Okay, all right, okay. So, uh, Oliver and Thea share the same mom, but they share two different dads. So, technically, Uh, they're... Half brother, half half sister, right? So, technically, Oliver doesn't have any relation to Malcolm Merlin unless Moira had married Malcolm and then he would be his stepfather. But since Moira didn't, Malcolm is just the father of his sister. Did you get that, Casey? Uh, <laughs> hold, hold on. <laughs> Research where babies come from. <laughs> okay, I think that answers all, most of my questions. That answers all of the important questions, at least. Oh, that was good. Uh, what do you love about the show this week, Abe? Oh, goodness. There are so many things to talk about. This was actually, honestly, one of my all-time favorite episodes. Agreed. I will be perfectly honest. Yeah. I yeah, was halfway fantastic. through the episode and I already knew that it was making my my top five list. The thing that I, oh gosh, where do I even start? Um, what I liked about this episode was first off, I did not hate Laurel Lance. And mm. Laurel has mm-hmm. as much. Okay, okay. okay. Well, I'll give you She as has much. been bothering me. 
But I felt like this episode, we finally got to see her as the Black Canary, where she still wasn't as, you know, kick-ass as Sarah was. But she was a little bit more realistic. I didn't feel like she was, you know, very whiny or anything. I really enjoyed seeing her kind of grow into this role. I loved seeing her and Roy together. Uh, I loved them seeing them kick ass. I loved seeing Team Arrow be Team Arrow without Arrow. Yeah, I thought yeah. that was a lot of fun. Um, I loved all the Malcolm Merlin flashbacks. I thought that they were extraordinarily well done. I think that we need to nominate John Barrowman's wig into the flashback <laughs> wig hall of fame. Yes. Right to... up there with Shatner's. Did you know that they actually, uh, they they based his wig off of old pictures of John Barrowman on Broadway 25 years ago. <laughs> no kidding. Are you serious? They, he, he tweeted That's that funny. during the episode. He's like, we actually based the wig off of what I used to look like. That is awesome. Oh, that is awesome. Uh, but I think one of the, the highlights for me of this episode was the moment where Team Arrow basically rallies the city to fight oh, for yes. itself. And I used the hashtag we are Team Arrow nice. on Twitter because that's what it felt like to me. It's and I, I, I got the warm and gigglies and I'm like, oh my god, we're headed towards that like the the, the scene where they're all gonna fight and yeah. and mm-hmm. it was just really well done. I love that fight scene. The choreography was great. It felt a little bit Dark Knight Rises without the Bane, but we'll go beyond that. Um, I thought that was phenomenal. The only thing I didn't like about the episode was that I felt like Oliver Queen's entrance could have been so much more epic. Yes, absolutely. Because I really, we saw in the promo of him sliding, uh, like flying across on the zip line, and I just really wanted him to fly down into the middle of the battle in the zip line, pew, 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 like three arrows in a row and kick serious ass and have them be like, yay, the arrow's back. But they didn't. He shows up in an alley with John Barrowman. And I was like, okay, that's cool. But I really, really, really <laughs> wanted it to be slightly more epic than it was. Yeah. That being said, his whole like speech on top of the van was <laughs> phenomenal. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I, I had goosebumps and I was getting uh, yeah. pumped up. I mean, that was just, yeah. that was an amazing job by uh, Stephen Amell. The entire, the entire episode was phenomenal. Okay, so what do you guys... Oh, okay. So there's there's a couple different threads in the episode to discuss. So we had Oliver returning. That was awesome. Um, did anyone else really want Tatsu to come back with him? I did a little bit. Yeah, I thought she was an interesting character who didn't really get delved into much. You kind of got a little bit of her backstory just from context clues from... Like flashbacks, just flashbacks. I guess yeah. she was she in any flashbacks. Yeah, she was uh, the mm-hmm. wife of um, oh, what's his name? Matteo. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, I I would have liked to have seen more of her, especially if, if she can <laughs> whip up apparently a mean penicillin tea. <laughs> right. <laughs> this. <laughs> all right. This. I am not as big of a fan of as of Arrow as you guys are. This episode made me laugh really really hard at a couple of different parts okay what was that so the right. army the army of random citizens yeah felt like i was watching anchorman are like, you serious like that what? circle they have really all, yes it felt like, <laughs> like these random ass people from the town all just like pull out brass knuckles and sticks and shit and just start beating the hell and out of each other paddle right <laughs> What? Someone saw it on Twitter and I haven't been able to spot it, but it's been circulating that apparently there was a dude fighting with a boat paddle. <laughs> that, <laughs> Which is okay. great. I that have expect funny. I have expected Laurel to just pull out like a grenade and like start yelling at everyone. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you weren't uh, down with that. No, and then uh Amy Amy brought up I I also felt like um 
Oliver's re-entrance could have been a lot stronger because the last you see him getting onto the truck and you think, okay, maybe he's gonna have like this epic journey getting back yeah. on his own. Maybe he has to uh, work as a fucking janitor to make a <laughs> oh, bus fare or something like that. Yeah. But no, it's like, okay, well, Oliver's probably not going to be included for, and he's back. Oh, and he's back. Oh, and he's all better. And then he gets up on top of the car and he's like, attention, everyone. I'm sorry. And then he like swings out. I, it just made me, it made me laugh. I, I don't like Arrow that much. (laughs) Maybe you can guess that. But this episode was pretty good. I did like this episode. Okay. I really like Aside this from those one or two parts. No, that's good. I like I like that we have like Amy and I like love like gushing mm-hmm. over the episode. And then we have someone else who liked it, but it's not just, particularly I didn't I much. thought it could be stronger. I thought it could be a lot of I kinda blah 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 blah. <laughs> you get it. <laughs> okay, that's 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 okay. And but I I just you know, I, I really enjoyed like and, and here's the thing about him coming back the way he did. Mm-hmm. I think for time constraints, that's probably why they did it the way right. they did it. Obviously, I mean, we're in the second half of the season. Mm-hmm. Can only do so much before, you know, I know um, dead, uh, Deathstroke's coming back. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, there's so many more loose ends they got to tie up. You know, the whole right. thing with uh, Oliver, Malcolm, and Roz is not done by a long shot. So all these things had to be tied together. And I, I, I think I agree, like... I would have liked to have seen Oliver kind of work his way back. I kind of watch that journey a little bit, almost like a like Bruce Wayne trapped in the mm-hmm. prison. Yeah, yeah, he has exactly. To retrain and everything. Like I, that. I thought that would have been cool to watch, but at the same time, like like I said, I think it was more of like a a, deci- a creative decision right. that they couldn't do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'd okay. So, Pete. Yes. What is your view on the whole Olicity thing? And her reaction and that final scene because I have an opinion and then but, okay. but you go first. Okay, um, she's I I think obviously she was so happy to see him when he was like right there. You know, she's hugging him. She's like I almost I was waiting for her to turn back and say I told you guys he was <laughs> right? alive the whole time. <laughs> like um, I felt it in my field. Exactly. He was alive. <laughs> yes, and I I was totally waiting for her to do that. And then the second he said. I'm going to be like working with Malcolm Merlin. She was like, shut down. <laughs> what? Excuse like, me? <laughs> exactly. And and then, you know, she was just, and then she went into this whole thing. I just talked to these guys a few hours ago and said, what plane of existence would this actually ever happen? And it actually is happening. And well, Felicity is, it is this plane of existence that is happening. Um, but I think Oliver sees the big picture and sees mm-hmm. why he has mm-hmm. to do it. And Felicity yeah. doesn't get that, unfortunately. And, and, and maybe we're still headed for that breakdown you mentioned a couple weeks ago. Maybe mm-hmm. that's still got to happen for her. Or or maybe this drives her to, to to Ray Palmer more. Maybe this pushes her. Even though she's still going to be Team yeah. Arrow, she's more. She's she's you know becoming obviously more attracted to Ray Palmer. There's kind of a thing going on there. Um, she's she's obviously I'm I'm thinking is going to help him when he becomes like Adam. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I I I think right now Elicity is like definitely like a little bit torn because. Mm-hmm. Felicity's like, you're back, I'm happy, but then you're working with the man who puts you to almost die. And right. and you're gonna work with him. Like, what the hell's going on? So that's what I think. I, oh. Sorry. I, I I really liked at the end that little moment that Felicity and Oliver had where she's like, The last thing you said to me before you left was that you love me. And then she mm. goes off, like, I don't want to be someone you love, but 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 yeah. I, I thought it was good that they finally addressed that that like that was a kind of douchebag thing for Oliver to do. Cause he spent this whole time being like Nah, I don't want to date you. 
And then he's like, oh, by the way, I love you. All right, well, I might die. See you later. <laughs> and, like, it just leaves her to just deal with this. Like, obviously, she has these very strong emotions for him, and he just drops his bombshell on her and mm. then leaves. Like, that's, that's fucked up. You can't do that to a person, <laughs> uh, even if you are a billionaire. <laughs> uh, I'm just glad that they finally said something about it, okay. I guess. All right, Amy, that is go. a really good point. I didn't think about that. The, the fact that he's like, I'm going to wait until I'm about to die, and then I'm going to tell you I love you. Right. Like, it's, it's mean. It's just mean. And then he gets back, and she's like, oh, I don't want to be loved by you. And he's like, oh, no. I like her now. Fuck it all over. Okay, go ahead, Amy. What was your theory? Well, I, I, I agree with what you said, um, that he really does need to work with Malcolm Merlin. I remember um, as soon as, I, I think Tatsu brought it up at some point. She's like, only the, only the student can defeat the master and I knew instantly that he was going to have to ask Malcolm Merlin Um, but I think it's I'd like to point out the absolutely horrific irony Mm -hmm. that to essentially save the woman he loves he has to work with a man who killed a loved by corrupting a woman he loves so to put all that into words (laughs) basically the reality is the league is going to come after Air or after Oliver. Yes. To do that, they're going to steal, as Precious said, the thing that's most, as Tatsu said, the thing that's most precious to him, which at this moment is Thea and or Felicity. And I think he's worried that it's going to be Felicity. So to save, essentially to save Felicity's life, he needs to kill Rachel Ghoul. And the only way to kill Rachel Ghoul is to work with Malcolm Merlin, who is responsible for the death of Sarah Lance mm-hmm. by drugging his sister so he killed sarah lance the woman that oliver loves yes through corrupting his sister a woman oliver loves Mm -hmm. and now he has to work with him to basically protect felicity the woman he loves and she doesn't see that right now i don't think she realizes it and i don't think that he has the strength in it to tell her that to be like but you don't understand i'm doing this all for you i'm doing this to protect you and i don't think I think in many ways he he wants to keep her safe by letting her go away. I think, you know, maybe he considered the options of pushing her away and he knew that this is what it was going to be. Okay. And, you know, so there's that part. But then there's also the part where I totally so that's that's kind of like the devil's advocate Oliver side of things. Gotcha. He knows that he has to work with Merlin to save Felicity and, you know, save his city and save his own life. And then there's Felicity's point of view. Where basically she was like, okay, so here's the thing. I don't want to die. I don't want to be with you and have to fear for your life every time you go out at night. I don't want to sit in our, you know, like in our cold bed if they get married. I don't want to feel my heart drop to the floor every time a gunshot rings out over the headset. She's like, you know, we see all those movies where the where the girl says, I choose to be with you despite and she's like nah you know to be perfectly honest I would like there to not be any risk I would like you Mm -hmm. to consider my point of view you are choosing the arrow again you're choosing to be the hero again I would like for you to consider the life that I want to lead not just the life that you want to lead so I think she's like you know what I don't want to be the woman who who you love because they all end up dead I don't want to be the woman who has a target on her back she's like I'd like for you at least for once to consider the life that I want to lead and not just the life that you want to lead. Does that make sense? That makes total so sense. That's, 
that's my theory on on Felicity. I think that she was entirely right. I think that it was really refreshing her decision to be like, nah, I Pass. really don't actually want to <laughs> die. Yeah. Yeah. Every woman you love ends up dead. I mean, r- dead or drugged. So no thank you. Wow, that was some strong views, Amy. Mm-hmm. I like that. That was really good. It's like I saw on, I saw on Tumblr at one point, someone was like, I'm 50% Oliver and 50% Felicity. And that's basically where I'm at right now. I see both points of view. But I think that's what I liked about this episode is that every decision that was made felt very realistic to me. Oliver knows that he has to work with Malcolm. He knows that he's going to hate it, yeah. but he knows that he has to work with Malcolm. Felicity is being realistic. No, I don't really want to die. So <laughs> I'm going to walk out on you. Um I felt like every decision that was made in this episode was fantastic. So I really, I really, really, really liked this episode. And I liked the whole city rising up to <laughs> save the city thing. I thought that was fun. That was cool. Um, oh, do you want to say something, Casey? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, no, that just seemed pretty, that seemed pretty solid. That was pretty solid. Um, you know, it's funny when we look at these characters, I think we forget that, there, even though this show is grounded in reality, mm-hmm. it's a it's a it's a comic book movie character. So, I guess I'm looking at I, I like your theory um, with Felicity and everything, but at the same time, don't you think she should understand like he has chosen to be the arrow. He has chosen this life where he could die any second because of who he deals with and what he what he deals with. Do you think it's a th- it's a thing with both of them? where it's it's accepting the life they lead like when Bar- like Barry accepted Iris is with um you know rookie cop mm-hmm. super cop guy <laughs> I could forget his name um but do you think it's it comes down to Felicity finally going okay this is what it's going to be am I I have to just let it go and and just be who originally Oliver wanted me to be which was basically like um I don't know. Uh, trying to find his it. his tech girl, Side, yeah, his like his sidekick, sidekick. I mean, uh, quote unquote, uh, the watchtower, uh, yeah. per se. Um, I, do, what do you think of that? Well, I think that's the point. I think that that that's the point that she's been making all season. She's like, look, you either need to decide if you're Arrow or if you're my Oliver Queen. Mm. And I think that this was the point where he said, "I'm Arrow." Okay. okay. And um, that actually, someone put that on on asked Mark Guggenheim, who's one of the producers, and they're like, so basically the whole thing that I'm getting from that last scene is that Oliver Queen chose the arrow over Felicity, and Mark Guggenheim was like, that would be a very good analysis. So I think that that's the entire thing. This entire season has been her being like, uh, well, don't say maybe. Either tell me you love me or you don't. Decide not to die down here. Decide not to be the arrow. And I think as much as she realizes that she, you know, is gravitating towards him and that she appreciates what team arrow does and that he's the arrow. She's like, look, you can't keep stringing me along. Either you are going to be the arrow and not be with me because I won't be with the arrow or you're going to be Oliver queen and be with me. You need to pick because I'm sick and tired of sitting down around here and waiting. So it's more of a thing where he needs to decide what he wants, not necessarily Felicity. I think, yeah, exactly. I think Felicity has known that if he's going to be the arrow that she can't be with him. Okay. Now I have a question now and a side question on that. Now, if she chooses to be, become romantically involved with with Ray Palmer, what happens then? And then he becomes the Adam. Yes. Yeah. That's the, that's the similar thing. But I wonder if, I, I wonder if Ray would choose differently. I wonder if now that she's helping Ray, if it comes down to her saying Adam or me. I wonder if Ray 
would say you. That's interesting. I feel I feel like he he would because I feel like Oliver has been the arrow for so long. Mm-hmm. He has he's lost the ability to be Oliver. Um, I think I think the arrow has become fully integrated and threaded into her persona so much that he literally cannot unstring the two. Mm-hmm. Whereas Ray, the atom is just a, a, still a suit an idea that he puts on. Point, yeah. yeah, and so I think that that maybe. Maybe the atom will just be this, this little thing that comes in every once in a while, but ultimately he'll choose when it comes down to it, he would choose Felicity, which brings up a really interesting idea of, of you're sitting there wondering, okay, well then Oliver's going to be alone for the rest of his life. Right. That, mm-hmm. but then you look at Laurel and I've never really, I mean, that's not true. Back in the first season, I totally shipped Laurel and Oliver, Lolliver, which is a terrible name for a shipper. <laughs> yeah, Lolliver. Yeah. Um, but I think she's the kind of person who could be like, okay, you choose the arrow, I'll choose to be the Black Canary. It's the same thing with Sarah and, and Oliver. They both are so connected to their alternate personas that they can love each other with that alternate persona. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that might be where we're leading is that Laurel is basically going to be so become so integrated with the canary that she and Oliver slash Arrow can live and coexist perfectly. I feel like Sarah, or I feel like Felicity and, and Oliver are just two perfectly aligned souls, but on two irreconcilable planes of existence. Hmm. I just don't think that they're ever going to be able to be together because you see it. You see it in modern day. You see it in real life. Love cannot solve everything. Sometimes two people are just running on two very opposite paths. You know, sometimes careers prevent people from being in love or just, you know, they're, they're totally in love, but they can never truly be together um, for whatever reason. And I think that that's probably just where we're headed with Oliver and Felicity, which all the people who are listening, who are like, I love Felicity and are like, gosh, Amy, you suck. No, that's, that was a great, (laughs) that was a great way to put things. Um, Wow, that was good. I don't even want to add on to that because that was so well done. That, yeah, that was pretty, pretty all-encompassing. <laughs> I um, I do want to end on this real quick. And I, I, this is a question. You, you kind of brought this up a little bit earlier mm-hmm. as far as the Roz, Malcolm, Oliver, you know, uh, what's going on with them. Now, we know that all, Roz could have killed Oliver, but he didn't. Mm-hmm. He stabbed in a place where he was able to survive. Um, when it comes down to it, it's almost like somebody has to die because of – the league and their code and the fact that Malcolm is the trigger behind Thea and Oliver took the fall. Do you think Roz is just going to go straight to, to um, is he going to go after Oliver because he's alive? Is he going to figure out that Malcolm is alive? Cause they, he does know that Malcolm Merlin's alive now. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think he would go straight to knowing that Malcolm's the one who, who sent who, Oliver? Who ma- no, who made Thea kill uh sarah right. or is he gonna kill thea i mean what there's so many different paths i feel like they can take here with roz are you, are you up for a little bit of a spoiler sure they oh, oh, released wait, wait, uh, put my headphones down <laughs> he's put his head uh, okay go ahead they released uh the synopsis for a couple episodes from now okay. where it's the episode title is nanda parbat and the synopsis is that Roz Al Ghul, Raish Al Ghul, okay. has kidnapped Malcolm Merlin and brought him to Nanda Parbat, and Oliver is considering going after him to saving him. Wow. wow. So that 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 <laughs> happens. I read that and I was like, well, that's a spoiler. 
Casey literally took his headphones off. <laughs> really? He's covering his ears. And when I said, wow, he was looking at me with these big eyes. Oh, man. Okay. So it's not necessarily a spoiler so yeah, much not, as it's, it's a not, plot synopsis. It's, let me just put it this way, Casey. If Do I die? A, Am I going to die? You Is might. Is that the spoiler? You Snape might. Snape kills you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it, it's not necessarily a spoiler. She's just re- basically telling us what the description that you already gave us. So they don't necessarily like – I mean, you can – you don't have to read this. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like she said, it's not necessarily a spoiler. It kind of is, but it's not. Okay. So, but I'll just leave it at that. All right. Because it just looks like you want to be, you want to be surprised. Yes. Okay. I kind of, I almost wish I hadn't read it, but it (laughs) popped up on Instagram and I'm, and it just, I just read it before I realized what I was reading. The internet sucks for movies (laughs) and story arcs and things like that. Everyone wants to talk about things like that on the internet. Totally agree. It's scary. All right. So, you know what? We'll table this conversation for when this all goes down. (laughs) Right. I don't, I, don't know, know. I don't know what it is. <laughs> when, when this all goes down, I don't know what this is either. We're going to talk about this uh, in, in a future podcast. Okay. For sure. Okay. All right. All right. So uh, moving on to the other uh, CW show that we love and the one I was just – I was gushing over, John Wesley Shipta. And, and his scenes with Grant Gustin uh, in The Flash, just amazing, I thought. Mm-hmm. Just so okay. well done. Um, and, and hats off to Joe for uh, – getting the letting his dad just happened to be there when they yeah. were uh you know that was so cute that was so, good. so good i i i got the feels on that one that was very well done um amy kick us off again with the flash uh caitlin gets drunk yeah <laughs> how yeah. funny was that i literally just ran into my desk okay <laughs> 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 that was that big thump. You're like, what is going on? That was me literally bumping my knee on Good my sound desk. effect, Amy. Right, yeah. <laughs> Man, you got a um, soundboard that rivals so, mine. <laughs> so, yeah, this episode was a bit of a, of a kind of, you know, hearty, feely, shippery sort of episode where we get to see Barry Allen and, and Caitlin both realize that they need to get back out in the world. And the way to do that would be, obviously... To dress up and go to a bar. <laughs> dress up and go to a karaoke bar. Right, yes. And so, you know, it's it was ridiculously adorable to see Caitlin get drunk, go up on the stage, and then tell me you did not love Grant Gustin's voice. You know what? When he started singing, I'm like, you know what? I didn't I don't remember I I, I kinda watched Glee off and on, mm-hmm. but I know anyone who's watching the show because he's on it because he was on Glee is probably is probably so excited right now. So really Exactly. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's just going crazy because I mean they get to see a little bit of that in the flash and then I loved how Caitlin's like, You can super speed and sing? What right. can't you do? Uh, but yeah, go ahead, Amy. Well, I just I love seeing Caitlin lose her guard a little bit. Um, I love seeing her, um, uh, you know, get drunk and go and have to come home. And so here's the thing: every girl, in my opinion, or every guy, you know, what, however floats your boat, needs a Barry Allen, a strictly platonic friend, where there's mm. where where you guys get each other so well. But he he held her hair while she threw up. Yeah. He took her home. He tucked her into bed, and he stayed there while he while she was falling asleep. And there's clearly a deep connection t- with them. Mm-hmm. And if you want to see that as a romantic connection, go ahead. But I'm I'm one of those firm believers that guys and girls can be fantastic friends and be so deeply connected, but then but not actually have any romantic chemistry yeah. or any romantic intentions. Um, there are definitely, I think it's Snow Allen, people who oh, ship the two yeah. of them together. <laughs> yeah. I heard that on the Flash but, podcast. Yeah. yeah. That was good. 
<laughs> but but I love seeing that. I I'm sitting there going, I want a Barry Allen. I want a guy who's who's gonna who I feel 100% comfortable being around. Who I know will make sure that I get home and tucked into bed. And I love the part where he he undressed her and redressed her in a flash and um <laughs> yeah that was good he she's like did you pee <laughs> okay if you did she's all you deserve it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> nice. i love that do you guys know who lord mesa the artist is no. i think you've probably seen some of his uh work but there was one he does little little pieces of artwork from the flash and arrow and he does he throws them out pretty quickly so the day after he has this one of of uh caitlin and her pjs on barry's back and she's pointing at the dress and she says evil dress oh that's hilarious <laughs> that's really too cool. funny i'll have to i'll have to show you guys uh some of his stuff because it's it's absolutely phenomenal um but yeah so that's the shippery part of it but then we've got the story arc of of the episode um the the bad guy whose name is Peekaboo. Yes. <laughs> I like how Caitlin named it. She's like, I get yeah. to do it too. I get to name one. <laughs> Peekaboo. Yeah. You, th- you don't you I don't mean, sound too thrilled with that name. Well they they only mention it like one time, don't they? Just when yeah. she just says, when she says it. Just when she says yeah. it and then they don't I like they're like, Alright, we'll give her this one, but let's never use that ever. Let's never say that. <laughs> I, I did think it was there were some cheesy moments with her and her boyfriend. Or even her when she kind of fought Barry a little bit. They had their little... But at the same time, it didn't bother me too much. Like, I thought... Yeah, they were like... They were kind of like... They could have... If they have expanded a little bit more on her lines, Mm -hmm. I would have been like, oh, like, it would have been like clenching. You're like, oh, okay, like, that's bad. But at the same time, they gave her like a couple lines. She would say them, and then it worked. And Mm -hmm. it wasn't overly cheesy and overly like... Ugh, why did they well, that, why did they throw that in there? I agree. I really like this the supervillains this week. Mm-hmm. She it was really cool the fight sequences between instantaneous mm-hmm. speed and very very high acceleration. Yes. I liked it. Plus they continue to impress me with their scientific rhetoric. They had quantum <laughs> entanglement was the buzzwords this time. I was, it made me it made me smile. <laughs> nice. So what about what about this whole firestorm arc and right. uh, the the reality that uh, shoot, Robbie Amell's character is intertwined mm-hmm. with the with the guy from Titanic. Right. Yes, so, um, I'm glad that Cisco finally opened up about him sealing in Caitlyn's mm-hmm. boyfriend. Yeah, that's Fiance. that's Firestorm, right? Yeah, well, well kind of, sort of. Yeah, now that we know that they like are one person now, right? But essentially, yeah. Um, yeah, because I a while back when he was first when he first came back and he's like, ah, forget about me, and he jets off. Yeah, like. Uh, I, it it seemed as though Cisco had something he wanted to tell Caitlin, but Caitlin's like, ah, I'm sure it's fine. And they don't talk about it and they didn't come back to it for a few episodes. And I, I kind of started to wonder if it was something that like I had read into that maybe wasn't there. And then in this episode, Cisco was, uh, was, he confirmed it basically. He was like, yes, there's been something I've wanted to tell you for a while. I sealed your boyfriend in and whatever. But, uh, but she was cool with it. So I'm glad that they came back to that and everything turned out for the best. They kind of turned, they kind of, uh, uh, clo- had closure on that. Yeah, I got some catharsis. Plus, uh, Cisco, we found out, is not just a pretty face. <laughs> he also has some pretty cool fighting skills. Yeah. He can throw a punch and a kick or two. Came- that was really fucking cool. Yeah, that kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, uh, right? I, I was... I- I was a little worried when they when they got into um, the little fight, and I'll get into Harley in a little bit later. But um, that was really cool to see. Like you know, he can hold his own. I like that Cisco. Uh, he's just not the tech guy. Yeah. You know, he's just not there to you know, you know, mess around with the technology or create names. Like he can uh, he can fight and hold his own. So, uh, what do you think of that whole thing, Amy? 
Oh, I loved it. I thought I loved. Uh, I saw an analogy on Twitter where they're like, "Wow, Cisco can be the bully in the schoolyard if he really wants to." <laughs> yeah, and he totally could. He's like, he's like, I got my magic little remote that can basically put you into, uh, you know, overwhelming pain, and I'm not afraid to use it. So there. <laughs> um, but yeah, I like seeing Cisco kick a little butt. I almost just said Kisco, like kick Kisco. butt and Cisco uh. together, and you get Kisco, which Someone also a little bit sounds like yeah. <laughs> it kind of sounds like a like a cooking spray, right? But <laughs> um, I I loved that whole segment. I thought it was great to see Cisco's the you know a different side of Cisco. Um, I really liked Caitlin's reaction mm. where she says, "You've been holding this." you know, over yourself all this time. You've been living with this. And she cares about him so much. They are just such close and fantastic friends that she she felt sorry for him and she felt pity for him, despite the fact that he he was so scared that they wouldn't understand that all they were going to do was hate him. And she literally just felt sorry for him. And she's like, I let me be here to support you through this, even though it was, you know, very hard probably pretty hard for her to hear she was still there for him them for him and i think that says a huge number on the uh the the reality of their relationship and how close they are together yeah they definitely have like their brother sister kind of d- uh, dynamic you, you know uh, and it shows like how quick how easy how i don't want to say easily but how Caitlin is very open to just saying it's okay like everything's fine don't yeah don't kill yourself over what happened we're moving forward and and really, it's, it's a lot of this is on Harrison Wells, which they kind of allude to. Um, but uh, I, I really, I really enjoy, uh, I really enjoy the relationship of watching it. Um, oh, I wanted to go back real quick to Harley, his you know Pied Piper and everything. Um, mm. I don't know about you guys, but I was kind of hoping he would stay in the in the uh, in their you know uh, makeshift prison for all this you know super bad guys. Um, and I was kind of. When they first started talking, him and Cisco, and he was, you know, in the the prison, uh, he, it felt to me like he could have been like a Hannibal Lecter kind of bad guy where he never gets out, but he kind of gives him information, kind of, you know, has that vibe a little bit, but then that would all went the, went out the window when Cisco let him out and. But I was kind of getting that vibe. Do you think they could have continued with that, that with with Harley in that way? And I only said because he's so smart and he knows everything about everybody going going around. Uh-huh. He's not your typical villain that's just like you know all powers and that's it. Uh, what do you think of that, Amy? Well, I I I didn't think about that. I didn't I didn't think about that. But it would have been really cool to kind of see them have him sticking around as their like resident evil expert. Yeah. And uh, but maybe maybe they'll get him back. Yeah. I don't know. Well, that's the question. Cool- oh, yeah, I, I didn't know. I didn't think about that. I, I that now I'm kind of gravitating towards that idea. That would have been a lot of fun. And like each time they bring up something else, like he wants a chair, or he wants, um, you know, uh, super fluffy cushions yeah. or something to sit on. <laughs> like I'm gonna give you all this info, but you got to give me stuff. Mm. What? There's a movie that did that. Uh, shoot. Uh, The Informer. That's wrong. No one watched The Informer. <laughs> <laughs> No, there was it was a movie or a TV show where they did that where the bad, the bad guy was giving him all kinds of information and they gave him things every time and then eventually they took all his stuff away because he lied to them. Oh, I don't know. I'm uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine did that. <laughs> <laughs> they, the Pontiac Bandit shout out. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say the Blacklist, but 
It's sort of the blacklist. Yeah, I don't know. It's going to bother me. I'm going to figure it's going to it's going to hit me like 2 a.m. tonight or something. <laughs> I get off work and be driving home. and be like, crap, that's what I'm talking about. Just tweet it out as soon as it hits your head. Just right. tweet it out. It's like me and the word. Um, Oh, my God. What's the word? What is it? Impersonation. <laughs> impersonation. <laughs> it's like me and the word. Wait, what word? Oh, that's going to be worked into the title somehow. Impersonation something. That's. <laughs> Oh gosh. Okay. Um, all right. So, so that's what I felt about the uh, the whole Harley Cisco thing. I thought that was interesting. So, uh, moving on. Uh, what I really liked about this episode too was it showed with Caitlin and Barry. Like it showed them as friends. And I and and you know, going back to what you're saying, uh, Amy, I I like that they're just close friends. Like I don't think they need to be made into romantic interests. I don't think that needs to happen. I really like where they're at. And there was nothing, in my opinion, that showed that it would move further than that. Like mm-hmm. it's like you said, like it's just they're really close. They get each other, um, and 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 that's just where where it is for them. So I really liked that um, they had Barry move forward with the girl he met at the karaoke bar. Yes. Um, and I thought that was I I really excited to see how that goes because now he's got to balance like dating a girl mm. and now have being the flash you could see the jealousy and iris i was going to say iris i wanted to bring that it up great. <laughs> i was I, like you you bad per- you bad person <laughs> don't it's the same thing that oliver did he's like i don't like you until you don't like me and yeah. then it's an issue <laughs> and, and you know and i hate to say that but that's like actually like i loved it because like it's so such a real world thing yeah you know exactly um, and and i I, just as soon as I saw Iris, the look on her face, like it was real brief, but mm. you could see, like she was like, "Wait a it's second, like, I'm no longer Barry's most important exactly. thing." Wait a minute, this is a new feeling. What do they call this? Oh yeah, being a dumb person. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I, I really, you know, to rewind real quick in that episode, there was a scene where you know he's trying to help her, like yeah. you know, get a good story. And they're sitting at the coffee, the little coffee place. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm always there for you, whatever. And mm-hmm. she puts his hand, her hand on his hand. And I'm like, why are you doing you- that? That is called mixed signals. That is, yes. that is, I was like, Barry, ah, that's just like, he's uh. like, he's like friend zone. And she's like, yep. And she's like pulling it closer, but at the same time, keeping the barrier up. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, why are you doing that to poor Barry? Like, go do that to your boyfriend, what? you know? <laughs> God damn it. What's your hand doing underneath my hand, Barry? <laughs> there was actually uh, the the official synopsis for this episode. I remember because we read it on the on the Flash podcast, and the the last line says, um, "Iris is surprised by her reaction to Barry uh, going on a date." And at first, I remember uh, when we were reading this on the on the Flash podcast, Andy was really confused. He's like, I think they made like a typo error. And I said, no, I don't think they did. I think that Iris is surprised that she's jealous. And we <laughs> saw that in this episode. She's like, oh, snap. Now yeah. I like you. She's like, I'm suddenly not very center of the universe anymore. Yeah. And you know what, though? It totally happens. Everybody's been there. I've yep. been there. Yep. There's been a point where you're like, oh, yeah, we're just going to be friends and I don't want to date you. Oh, wait, shiz. Now you're dating somebody. <laughs> and yeah. I really wish that I had said yes. Yeah. Like, crap. Thanks, mm-hmm. jealousy. And yeah. that's that's exactly what I mean. I mean that's a that's a topic for a whole other podcast, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I, I, I loved I loved how they brought that into the show. I thought that was great, and uh, I, like I think we can all agree we've all been there, and, and and it's not a good feeling. And so that's like I think I don't know about you guys, but I was like, yes, Barry, go Barry, yes, yes, <laughs> yay Barry. Um, okay, so now I I I think this is kind of obvious. Do we think 
Barry's dad knows he's the Flash. Yes, obviously. <laughs> he's 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 like if I if the what was it? if I was the Flash's dad, <laughs> I, I would want him to know that his father loved him yeah. very yeah. very much. What if what if the Tear Flash from Barry. didn't have a dad? Yeah. Like, what if what his hypothetical situation? Um, <laughs> he, like he has to know. Like, what yeah. if what if the Flash didn't have a dad? And he's like, I'm sure that if the Flash did have a dad, yeah. what if yeah. he was then the he... kid from one of those Super Bowl commercials? <laughs> <laughs> I home. could have grown up to become a superhero, <laughs> but instead I died because <laughs> I didn't have nationwide insurance. Oh gosh, bringing it back. Nationwide around. insurance, the ultimate Flash and superhero coverage oh, agency. Oh yes. Uh, are, you, are you listening to the CW? <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, oh man, but that yeah, that last scene uh, that definitely had me tearing up. The, yeah, that was beautiful. That was a beautiful I, moment. I loved it, and I'm glad that his dad knows, and I'm glad that Barry knows that his dad knows, and they obviously. Barry couldn't really confirm anything, probably mm. also because there were, you know, like other deadly prisoners right. in the same ward right there. <laughs> but yeah. um, I thought it was a really touching moment. I thought it was really well done. And I totally agree. I think that that John Wesley Snipes, Snipes, Snickers. Uh, <laughs> John Wesley Snickers. I love that. Yes, that's his name from now on. Def <laughs> definitely uh, deserves an MVP award because yeah. he really did. He sold it. He was absolutely phenomenal. Oh, yeah, so um, good. Yes. And it was it was great. Yes, I totally agree. Um, just going through my notes real quick. Oh my gosh, in my notes I put Barry finally realizes there's no escaping the friend zone, and I think I wrote that when when she Iris Iris put her hand on a uh, on uh, his hand. So there's no escape. <laughs> Not with you that can one. never leave. <laughs> um, all right, so let's see here. Oh yeah, so the uh, kind of post credit scene, we got our first right kind of look at Gorilla Grodd. Yeah, and ah. I was like, what, what. <sighs> Because they kind of teased Shit it. Shit got real. They kind of yeah, exactly. Shit. And I kind of um, they they kind of teased that you know earlier in the season when mm -hmm. you see when you see him um you know pre uh pre blown up uh re reactor right yeah, yeah. yeah yeah um and so I'm excited to see where this goes. I love how they're teasing it mm -hmm. because I think that's the writer way, writer's way of saying he's coming, but don't expect him quite yet. I I thought it was a blatant teaser. It was like, check out how cool Grog's going to be. Up, oh, and he's gone. Yep. <laughs> That's it. And he's gone. Don't expect him anytime soon. I was like, oh, they just put that in to make me feel bad. <laughs> What'd you think, Amy? Uh, have you guys, uh, so there, initially there was concern. They're like, oh gosh, how are they going to do a giant eight man? Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know. I know that you, I, we talked about the hundred last week mm -hmm. or the last time I was here. Yeah, and uh -huh. I know that um, you guys are considering watching and or yes. watching. Yes. So actually in this last episode of the hundred, they had a giant, no, two episodes ago, they had a giant killer gorilla and, uh, you know, it's oh. the same group, it's the CW and it was really, really well done. Like their giant evil gorilla was great CGI. It was super powerful. It was really cool looking and everybody's like, yeah, Grodd's going to rock. So you don't need so to hire Andy Circus to uh, pull off a... Oh, awesome you, don't, you don't need to, but it's highly recommended. I just yeah. they, they they kept him in shadows for this teaser, so I we still don't know how crazy they're gonna go with the CG on it. But yeah, and it's a TV show, so you got to wonder what their budget is. Yeah. But I will say that they've done a good job of the budget they have now. They've done a fantastic yeah. job. I've been hugely impressed with the graphics in the Flash for a TV yeah. show. It has one of the one of the best uh, action sequences. Or some of the best action action sequences I've seen with with the Flash and all the superpowers for all the villains. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. it's all great. Yeah. I've loved 
all of it so far. I totally agree. I totally agree. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see where it goes. Uh, my knowledge of, of uh, Grodd is very limited. I, mm-hmm. I have read some issues of comics where he was like the main villain. Yeah. So I'm excited to see what where they take him with, um, with uh, you know, taking uh, fighting against Barry. Mm-hmm. But uh, like yeah. I said, I think I think that they deliberately teased us and said he's coming, but don't get your hopes up quite yet. Like he's gonna be there eventually, mm-hmm. and he's he's gonna be like the main antagonist at some point. Only question is when. Um, and I I'm excited to see be, the way it's handled because if they tease us in this sense, and I can only imagine his introduction into the show is gonna be just as epic as yeah. the teaser was. <laughs> um, I'm just waiting for all the uh, I am Grod jokes. Oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> that come up. Yeah. Like all the parodies, like yeah. like uh, he said, I like he's practicing in front of the mirror. I am Grodd. I am Grodd. Oh, eventually, gosh. he says, "I am Groot," and then you just oh. have the next panel is <laughs> Groot sitting there, like looking at him, like all sad. Like that's my I line. Oh. <laughs> that, oh, that's amazing! Someone's got to get on that immediately. Uh, you know, Lord Mesa. He's the dude I was telling you about earlier. Oh, He'll yeah, probably sorry. do something like that. He's pretty clever. <laughs> but I want to know the backstory of Grodd um, in this, sh- in, like in this show, because the way that it's kind of ended up is that a lot of the powers that come come from the circumstances the person was in when they were um, when they were hit by the particle accelerator blast. So like the power line guy was um, right by a power line. Mm -hmm. Um, Firestorm was in there, you know, with the magic fire. And I kind of wonder if like, this is going to be, I feel like there's two possibilities and I don't, I don't know the comic book lore and mythology of Grodd. So I don't know his origin story, Mm -hmm. but I feel like there are two possibilities. One is that it's initially a gorilla slash ape who is non um, coherent and not, you know, doesn't, is just a, just an animal that is slowly turning into a human and becoming more intelligent, kind of like planet of the ape status. Mm -hmm. And that's why you're seeing all the scrawling is that he's, literally growing and learning to write and learning to to teach himself to write and to um, be a more intelligent gorilla okay i believe shifty eyes i believe the gorilla grod superpower is is like telekinesis Telekinesis, yeah yeah, and things like that so i would assume that he was doing some like intelligence testing for some kind of scientific corporation somewhere there you go i feel at some point in the show they've shown his cage with like grod over the top of it but the cage is broken and he's not there I, that, I remember that yeah. from one episode. So this is very so. like Planet of the Apes kind of thing. Yes, I Almost, think it'll yeah. be. I think it'll be very similar. That's cool. It's it is cool. That beats my other theory, which is that it was like some zookeeper who just happened to be in the same place as the gorilla, and they get like meshed <laughs> he together. Gets Grizz- <laughs> he gets oh Grizzly. my gosh! I'm just glad it actually wasn't from the movie The Zookeeper. Yeah, that would have uh, been bad. <laughs> they, that would have been very bad. They all turn into uh, James. What's his face? Franco. No, no. Uh, I'm, the fact that you don't know this is a good thing. Amy. Yeah, <laughs> he just turns into Paul Blart. How about that? Paul Blart Mall Cop. Yes. Um, so yeah, okay. So I, we're really excited to see uh, how Grodd is introduced uh, going forward. Um, and man, solid episode again for the Flash. Just yep. um, continue to amaze. Yes, continues to amaze and get better and better. I, I'm loving that the season hasn't like gone stagnant or dropped off like it stayed it stayed at a very considerable Mm. strong consistency in the storytelling and in the action and it's yes it's either gotten better or it's been just as good as the previous episode i like to think i i like flash for the same reason that i don't quite like arrow as much and that is that flat the flash does not take itself too seriously 
They understand that this is a world with superpowers and that we can we can make a joke every now and then and make light of the situations. We can have the main character go and, and do karaoke with his friend because it's it's all very lighthearted and at the end they're just kids. Whereas the arrow is very serious all the time, even in hugely comedic situations. <laughs> very true. Uh would you were you gonna say something, Amy? No, no, no. Okay. I I agree. I think that the flash is it's it's two very different shows, and that's why I don't get offended i never really do when people are like yeah i don't really like that show you know i don't like arrow i don't like the flash or whatever um the shows that i like i don't want to to i don't want to base my friendship on whether you like the same show i do you're you're Um, not a uh, tv elitist yeah exactly so like if you if you try arrow and it's not your cup of tea that's totally fine um but but in cases like this i like that you like the flash um and so you, you you like the whole universe. You just don't like the tone differences. And I think that's why the two shows are doing so well is because it lets people who like both like both. But at the same time, you can have that split differences where some friends can like The Flash and some friends can like Arrow and then they can still come together and have a good time watching each other's shows. Yes, I totally agree. But, but I love that it's lighthearted. And I think you're completely right. It has not let down at all. Every Flash episode has been as good as or better than the one previous. Yes, that is exactly correct. Yes, I love it, and I love that we can agree on that. And I'm glad. I wish I could have the. I had the song queued up. I could, you know, uh, we. Why can't we be friends? Because <laughs> you know, that's basically what what I'm what I got from that, Amy. Because you know, it's it's like being a Marvel and DC person. You know, mm-hmm. let's just be happy that we're in a time right now when it's all good right now, TV and movies. So yep. uh, that's just. I just wanted to make that point real quick. Um, One last thing okay. before we stop talking about the Flash, I want the apertures in everyone's phones because in the epi- in starting the episode off last week, Cisco was like, "Oh, let's take a selfie," and then the Flash like <laughs> sets it to a timer, runs, gets into yeah. the photo, and then runs back and catches the camera. Like <laughs> apertures don't work like that. And then Iris's phone, as the Flash is running yeah. away, snaps a perfectly clean photo a of him moving like perfect photo <laughs> right. i was like seriously did that just happen she doesn't yeah. even do the csi like oh zoom enhance yeah. zoom enhance <laughs> i was like oh yeah it's perfect man <laughs> i was clean up her. those pixels i was waiting for her to linger but she was like got it yeah i'm done nailed it <laughs> uh, so that was cool. i want those apertures man oh that was good um so okay so that so that was the flash Another great show. Um, okay, so moving on, just a couple of quick uh, comic book movie uh, notes. Uh, so last, uh, so Wednesday's episode of Arrow had a huge uh, Arrow's return had a huge impact on ratings. How big, you mm-hmm. ask? How big? Uh, Flaro big. It was only second to Flaro, which was the crossover between Arrow and Flash. Whoa! Yeah, so it okay. was it garnered some huge ratings, which is really great to see. Like, um, I'm glad, and and, this, and and I guess my whole thing about the the Flash staying as consistent as it is carries over to the ratings too. And I love that people are still watching the show because one of the big things about CW is that in the past they had good shows, but nobody was watching them. And so it's great to see that the entire network has gotten like a huge boost and like shows like the flash arrow. Um, I can't speak to the, to the hundred, but uh, I'm sure you can, Amy, like everything's being watched. Nothing yeah. is being left behind. And that's great to see. Like, you know, Amy said a couple weeks ago, all, all the shows were renewed, all of them for the first time. And, and, and I just love that it's all maintaining like its audience and nothing's dropping off. There's no worry if it's going to be on the chopping block, if mm. it's going to be back. It, it's it's sticking around and I don't see it going anywhere anytime soon, which I'm excited about because when Arrow first came out, the showrunners came out and, and said that they would like to explain 
uh, Oliver's five-year journey over the first five seasons. Like his journey back to Starling City would would be taking place over the first five seasons. So I think we're going to actually get to see that realized. And I'm excited to see how it gets played out. Um, I agree. Yeah. So uh, the other only bit of news I want to talk about real quick. Uh, they announced who would be on the roster for the show Titans. Uh, that's going to be the show that's going to be coming out on TNT. Uh, no word yet if that's going to cross over with Arrow, Flash, or Supergirl. Although that they have not ruled anything out yet. Um, Nightwing, uh, let's see here. Barbara Gordon, um, Hawk, and Dove. And let's see here. Who is it? And Raven. And, and uh, Starfire. Starfire. Thank you. And and so, uh, yeah, so that's going to be the – that's the roster for the – and they're not the Teen Titans. They're just – Titans. Titans. So, uh, so that's uh, something to look forward to. I guess now at this point, <laughs> we're just going to see who is going to be cast in those roles. Mm-hmm. So that'll be exciting to watch as um, as things move forward. Um, all right. So moving on to some of the uh, stuff to end the show. Our classic movie TV picks. Uh, how about uh, Amy? Take it away for us. Oh geez. Uh, so I think I think I'm going to start making a tradition that the that the shows I I choose are not necessarily classics. That like. <laughs> There's something that I've, I've watched within the last like six or seven years. That's okay. But the one that I really, really want to, and I, you guys may have already seen it. I don't know. Uh, okay. It is new on Netflix this month for the month of February. Grab your loved one, cuddle up and watch Spartacus. Oh, you know, I see you tweeting about that a lot. Spartacus is phenomenal. So Spartacus is four seasons, but they're kind of an, an interesting arrangement. There was season one initially with Andy Whitfield, who was Spartacus. Um, Andy Whitfield, unfortunately, got diagnosed with cancer. And so when they were supposed to be filming season two, he was battling it and actually going into remission. So while they were waiting for him to be up to to fighting um, status again, because it is an incredibly physically intense show, um, they actually filmed a prequel. So season two is six episodes of a prequel to season one. Um, then Andy Whitfield was in remission. He was doing great. And then all of a sudden the cancer came back and unfortunately he passed away. And so that was terrible. That was, it was a very, very, very sad and traumatic. But as far as the show went, um, what they did is they actually recast Spartacus and they were intending on doing that because Andy just wasn't strong enough to, to return for the role. And so they actually cast Spartacus, the new one, Liam McIntyre with, Andy Whitfield's blessing. He was like, okay, I totally like this guy that you've chosen to basically take over my, my role. Um, so then season three and four are with Liam McIntyre. But so that's, that's kind of just the, the layout of the show, but it is an absolutely superb show. Some of the best storytelling that I've, I've ever seen. Stephen tonight is the showrunner. He's also the writer of most of the episodes. Um, he has created this way of speaking that is almost like a different language. It's kind of like old English, but Roman status. So it's very cool to listen to. Instead of saying thanks, they say gratitude. Um, They have curses like Jupiter's cock, which is (laughs) hysterical. (laughs) 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 Um, You did say viewer discretion is advised in the beginning of the show. Uh, But... um, Like, like, yeah, it says that in the opener. Okay, good. Um, but okay, good. I, I've said fuck a couple of times. One more now. So. Um, but the show is superbly acted. It is 
the stories are great. It tells the story of Spartacus as he's brought into the Ludus, the training ground for the gladiator. The fight sequences are just extraordinary. Um, all of the actors are in prime physical shape. They're all really well done. Um, there, it stars. So there is a <clears throat> fair amount of sexual activity on screen. All right, um, yeah, as I'd expect. But, <laughs> yeah, <I would> hope. <laughs> but the entire, the way that it's shot, the way that they speak, the way that the words are, um, it's just an absolutely phenomenal show. I really would encourage you guys to to watch it. Uh, it definitely feels weird watching it in order. So you go season one, two, three, four, you're like one, then you go back in time. Then when you come back, Spartacus is a different actor, which huh. when I, when we were, when I was watching this live, you get used to it because you, you're expecting it, but it's kind of like the Sarah Lance thing where if you watch arrow all at once, you're like, wait a second, the Sarah Lance in season two is not the Sarah Lance that they introduced in season one. <laughs> yeah. And the Sarah and Lance so- in season four is dead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's really, that's super jarring. <laughs> yeah. About that. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so you got it. You got to understand that that's like the background of what it is. So it's not like they just randomly decided to switch up actors. Um, but it's an absolutely superb show. You have to watch it. It's all on Netflix. It is a phenomenal series. Probably one of my all-time favorite series of all time. There you go. That's awesome. my articulate speech for today. That was amazing. <laughs> what yeah. a pitch! Amazing job, Amy. I gotta say, I always love your movie pitches. <laughs> Consistently, I've loved every single one. Uh, watch it on watch it on Netflix. It's spectacular. And if you like Liam McIntyre, who's Spartacus in season three and four, he is going to be Weather Wizard on Flash coming up. Oh, very cool! All right, and you'll see you'll see a lot of actors. You'll be like, uh, isn't that Slade Wilson? Um, isn't that Nissa Agul? Nice. Yeah, it is. Awesome! I love that. I love that. Awesome. Captain Boomerang. Yeah. All right, Casey. Okay, so uh, my pick of the week is. Courage the Cowardly Dog. For those of you who were not children <laughs> oh, recently, no. Courage the Cowardly Dog is a story of a, uh-uh. of a puppy who gets abandoned in, I don't know, the middle of nowhere with an old man and an old woman, and he kind of becomes their adopted pet. But out in the middle of nowhere where, thing, where he lives, really, really weird things happen all the time, and every single episode feels like a fever dream and they market it to children. It used to scare me as a child, <laughs> but as an adult, it's one of my favorite surreal uh, cartoon shows. Oh, it's God. Uh, it's more intense at times than Ren and Stimpy used to be. Uh, it's very trippy. It makes you feel like you're on drugs sometimes. Uh, sometimes you'll wish you were on drugs so you could understand it a little bit better. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, uh, it's very creepy. Uh, it's very funny. And uh, it's got this very dry... Uh, poking fun at itself, tongue-in-cheek humor to it. It was. Uh, I, I watched it again recently. It's on Netflix, and I, I had forgotten. I didn't have an appreciation for it when I used to watch it when it was on TV. But looking back on it, it was very, very well done, and uh, it still holds up. So Courage the Cowardly Dog is my pick. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you for that, Casey. You are very welcome. Uh, my pick, I'm going to take it back a little bit, and I, I, I kind of got this, I don't know, I was watching I was watching Jimmy Fallon and he did this, this hilarious skit. I think I know where you're going with this. And uh, it took me back because I was like, you know, not just because of syndication, but I remember mm-hmm. watching this when I was a kid. Um, Saved by the Bell. Ding ding ding. Uh, and I know it's completely different than what we talk about here, but uh, he did a hilarious skit. If you get a chance, Google it, YouTube it, whatever. It is so funny. <laughs> Uh, he brings back um, Zach, uh, Jesse, and Slater, and Mr. Belding, and I, I thought it was just such a great. 
um, like nod to the show and everyone mm. played exactly to their characters <laughs> and almost looked exactly the same as they did 20 years ago, which I thought was really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, Saved by the Bell is my pick for this week. Go check it out. It's on Netflix. It's on syndication everywhere. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, Saved by the Bell is my pick for this week. Uh, so yeah, um, just before we go, I wanted to let you guys know next week um, we're going to be joined by Rose uh, Moore of MoviePilot.com. If you heard our show last season, she was on um, and she had just got back from doing a screening of the Kingsman interviewed Matthew Vaughn. Right. So she's going to be back next week to uh, talk again about it. She's really excited. Um, and again, uh, WonderCon is coming up in April, uh, April 33th. Go get your tickets for that. Um, and that is going to do it for now. Um, Amy, let them know where you can, f- where they can find you. Where you can be found. Yeah. yeah where, you can- where you can hear me somewhat inarticulately and occasionally <laughs> babble with words that work properly. That was Grammar. a of a sentence. I love that. Yes. Speak. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy underscore Marie 97. Uh, I also host the weekly Assembly of Geeks podcast where my superhero persona is Agent Archer. Which is really good, uh, by the way. You guys should check that out. I, I, the last episode was amazing. It's a lot of fun. Um, it's it's a great, great show to do um, with the, uh, two fantastic hosts on there. I also do the Peggy Carter podcast, which is actually probably going to be coming to an end pretty quickly here because the show is yeah. winding down but yeah. we have gotten uh, some pretty fun response and interaction with a lot of the writers and the showrunner of the show awesome. so that's been really cool apparently he listens to the show and like giggles like you know <laughs> maniacally while listening to his theories and he taunts us oh, he like man. messages Lauren and I and he's like so some of your theories are close and some of them are really <laughs> off oh wow that's I'm like, yeah. that's <laughs> can you give us a hint and he's like nope <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> Oh, man. So he's, he's, he he likes he likes uh, taunting us. Um, uh, I also do. I will be returning to the Flash podcast not this coming week, but uh, actually, I wonder if it is next week. Oh crap! I should figure that out. <laughs> Basically, I apparently talk a lot and <laughs> people listen, which is kind of cool. Uh, so uh, yeah, uh, that's where you can find me. You can also find me in a coffee shop. Every day. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Um, And in case you're wondering, uh, Amy will be back on the podcast uh, (laughs) because she just brings a whole show to life. You fit in. You fit in so well. (laughs) You fit in so well. Well, I'm glad that that you you guys can understand what I'm trying to say. I'm glad you speak, Amy. (laughs) It was, it, you know, we had to really listen to that show like 20 times to right. get Amy language. Yeah. But I, have, I think we got it down. I have my little dictionary. <laughs> oh, gosh. The language of Amy. Yes. <laughs> it's got all of your words, except for that one. There's like some, some weird blank. Impersonate. There's one. Oh, that's what it is. Yeah. Let me pencil that in. in, in I'll He's put writing that down right now. <laughs> Impersonate. Oh, all right. Uh, Casey, where can they find you? They can find me uh, on Instagram at FaceyCranko. They can find me on Twitter at ViaBlast. They can find me underneath the Golden Gate Bridge where I sleep and (laughs) cook all my meals. Uh, Oh, man. That's hilarious. Thank you. Don't make fun of my home, Pete. That's where I I nest. I just got a visual image of that. Raise my youngins. (laughs) All right. um, And so you can find me um, at PastingPete on Twitter. You can find CineNerd at CineNerd on Twitter and Facebook. CineNerd.com. Go to iTunes. Check out our show. Leave us a review. We'll shout you out on the show. Um, That's going to do it for now. Uh, Till next time, uh, you have a DVR. Use it. (laughs) Bye, 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 bye. Baseball. I miss Matt. I do too. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Scene and Nerd. Find even more geeky podcasts on geekspeaknetwork.net.
My shoulder is like killing me. Why? What happened? I have no idea. I like slept wrong on it. Have you ever had uh, something you like that? You might have an impingement. I'd say that one more time. Impingement. So it means you slept on your shoulder for a period of amount of time and it's like a pain. Uh huh. It won't go away. Yeah, I've had those before. Impingement. They suck ass. They do. Yeah. Suck. They suck so much ass.